This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me today is Giannis Aeneas. In this episode, we're going to preview the final at Wembley for Fulham against Aston Villa. When we're recording this, which is Friday, I'll be flying out shortly to go to Wembley. I cannot wait, but I look forward to doing this show with my co-host, Susan Cannon. Unfortunately, Giannis will not be joining me, but he's joining me now. Giannis, welcome back to Cottage Talk. I look forward to doing this show with you. I wish you were joining me at Wembley. I wish I was there too, mate, but um, I know you're going to have a fantastic time. So hi to Teddy for me and all the fans, and um, I will be sitting in front of the box listening to Gentleman Jim and uh, hoping that um, Mitro can tear a new one out of uh, my, our friend, Mr. Terry. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that matchup. That's going to be very interesting. Listen, I, I asked Mike this question. I'm going to ask it to you. I know that you're not going to be there, but you – have been a fan of Fulham for such a long period of time. So here's the question. What does going back to Wembley mean to you? Well, it's humongous because it's been, you know, it was, I was there in 75 with my old man. So it's, you know, I was only nine. Um, it's, um, we've gone to a few FA Cup semis. So we've got very close. Um, the FA Cup final then was so much more illustrious than it is now. It's, seen by many of the top teams as an afterthought and in some ways an, uh, an inconvenience. But the beauty of what the FA did a number of years ago with bringing the playoff system was to provide, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, whether you're a Shrewsbury town, you know, or a Fulham, um, an opportunity to go to our national stadium to play a, a massive game. And I think the fact that we've sold out our, our quota of 39,000 and that the place is going to be absolutely rocking, um, I think says it all. Um, it's a very, very special day for the club. And we've had a number in the last 10, 15 years, obviously. Um, and, you know, it'll be, it, it's going to be extra special for a lot of the older fans. I think the, a lot of the older fans have, sat, have lived through the misery. And we went through some miserable times. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be really, really nice. It's, it's sort of, I mean, it's 
Some might make you laugh on this one, but it's a little bit tantamount to the Browns going to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the, the, a club who've endured so much misery in Cleveland for many, many years. So it's going to be nice to go back. And uh, I'm excited for the fans. I'm excited for the players. I'm excited for the club. It's going to be a great day. Okay, excellent, Giannis. We've got a couple of topics in the uh, Cottage Talk roundtable. The first one, I've already talked to Mike about it, and I want to get your thoughts on it as well because I've seen uh, a decent amount of, I guess you could say, criticism to the way that how Fulham have handled the allocation of five tickets compared to one for Aston Villa. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again to you. If it wasn't for the Fulham doing it the way that they're doing it, I wouldn't be able to go. I'm not sure if uh, Max Cohen, one of our co-hosts, would be able to go. I'm glad that Fulham did it the way that they did it. I understand the way Aston Villa did it, just being a single ticket per each season ticket holder, and they sold that out. Congratulations to them. But I like the way Fulham did it. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I do too. I don't think there's any... The problem with tickets for a one-off event, and that's what it is, the the problem is, is there any right or wrong way to do it? And um, I, honest to God, don't think there is. I mean... I'm ecstatic with that. I mean, I, I, I sort of bores me silly to see, um, you know, the old um, fans going, well, you know, we've got clappers. You don't have enough fans. Da, da, da. Oh, well, I've seen guess that. What? Guess what? We do. <laughs> guess what? We do. We've shut up a load of QPR and, and Brentford fans because we, 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 do, have, um, we do have enough um, fans to go around, and uh, it, it's a fantastic occasion. And Villa's considered the biggest club in the Midlands. And we managed right. to sell out quicker than they did, so that tells you everything you need to know. Um, Absolutely, I do like the way that I mean yourself. Uh, you know, it's tr- it's it's proof positive that, and I think this is where different the difference between our club and a number of the big ones. This is where I sort of laugh. You know, I live in Canada, and uh, here, of course, the big thing is, you know, they talk about the big clubs. So it's the Manus, the Chelseas, the Tottenham's, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's, the Cities. You know, it, the big clubs. And, and most and many, many fans over here have never actually been to their stadium, let alone seen them play. Right. But you, you, amongst many other fans around the world, have had the benefit of going to the college and going to see Fulham and covering Fulham. So we are personally attached, um, certainly personally more and more attached. And, and that's why, you know, even educating people in my school, when they walk into an office that's full of Fulham gear, and they look at me, and you know, I had to tear a strip out of a, a teacher who said to me, "Well, um, how come you don't have any jerseys of Messi and Ronaldo?" And I said, "Get out of my office! You're not very bright. You can't be very bright because if there's all Fulham gear around here, and I've got a couple of Fulham clappers over my desk, one from the Europa League semi-final. Well, guess what? That's because I'm a Fulham supporter, and, and I've been lifelong, and all my jerseys here are Fulham. So." Um, but there are fans around the world who aren't season ticket holders because of where they live. So this gives them the opportunity to, to travel around the world to see them play. So I think it's fantastic. It's wonderful that you're going to go. Um, I, I think, to be honest, I think if I was at Wembley tomorrow, as the teams are coming out, I remember, I remember being very, very excited as a nine-year-old when we played West Ham. But I think for tomorrow's game, I'd probably be crying when they came out of the tunnel because that's, that's a huge, it would be a humongous moment for me because of what Fulham means to me and right. will always mean to me. And um, I know a lot of fans are going to feel exactly the same way. They're going to be really over... The older fans in particular are going to be overcome with emotion because right. of the realisation of where they are. It's been an amazing ride, an amazing journey. And for those people coming from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, 
yourself in the U.S. I mean, it's it's just a buddy of mine in Oakville, George Georgie Reddings, um, lives about ten miles from me. He's fly, he's flying over tonight um, for the game tomorrow. Born and raised in, in Bermuda, no less, um, but was a former season ticket holder at, at the cottage. So it's good the way they did it, and I'm glad it. I'm glad it gives you, you know, great fans like you the opportunity to travel travel over there for such a big occasion. I'm glad that I have that opportunity, but I'm glad that you talked about how fans are coming from everywhere. And Mike Gregg actually tweeted out that, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have Mike's tweet in front of me, but he was talking about how it kind of makes him proud that people are coming from everywhere and uh, it really is a a wonderful thing. And uh, that's going to lead me now to talk about the white wall, Giannis. I'm going to read a quote from Savisa about the white wall. He Puts it out there, lets everyone know about the white wall. And I'm going to go through a couple of other quotes from him. This I got from the uh, Fulham Football Club Twitter account from his uh, presser. This is what he says, and I want to get your thoughts about the white wall. Quote, we will find a white wall at Wembley. Our fans will push us, and we will do everything we can to make them happy. I love the fact that we're doing this white wall, and uh, someone suggested to me that it actually started with uh, a Fulham fan and in uh, North America who saw what, what was going on at Winnipeg, you know, with, with, with their situation with the whiteout. So yeah. what are your thoughts about this white wall? I'm, I'm excited to see it and be a part of it. I think it's brilliant. And you know, um, the white wall and the white, for, the, for those listening now, the reference to Winnipeg um, is because Winnipeg have an NHL, a hockey franchise called the Winnipeg Jets. But many years ago, they had also had the same name until they moved to Phoenix. Um, and became the Phoenix Coyotes. And that was a bone of contention because that was a Canadian team leaving. And in the playoffs, what Winnipeg generally did is they wore T-shirts and had T-shirts. So basically, if you walked into the rink or the stadium, you know, the seats were basically, everything was white. It was just this sea of white. And um, it's very, very intimidating. And I think that um, it's something that when the players go out and see tomorrow, it's going to be so gratifying. Because I think part of the... You know, it's it's the image and the persona. I think that the white is intimidating. Um, it's it's a collective. It's the collective spirit and collective support. But I think one of the things to bear in mind is that we are a, a relatively small club, whether we like, like to think so or not. And Villa is a much bigger club. They've, you know, you've really only got two teams in Birmingham, whereas in London you've got twelve, thirteen teams to pick. So um, to have this sort of game in our home city. And to have all the supporters wearing white is, is, is tremendous. And the players are going to be... They're going to feel um, it. Yeah, and they won't be nervous about this game. They've got really no need to be nervous. I think Villa really have to be, need to be nervous because although they've got more experienced players, they are the bigger club. And their expectations are high to go back in the Premier League. Whereas, you know, when we got relegated, um, you know, we, we had a really, really torrid time. And... Um, but we've got an owner showing that he wants to support what we do. And um, we've got very, very loyal fans. And um, we're still a fairly humble club. There are, unfortunately, some exceptions to the rule in this club. And it didn't used to be like this, but they're younger fans. And, and as you get older, you get wise. And, you know, you're smart in terms of observation because they've only really known success. Whereas, you know, for so many years, after the 83 debacle against Derby, we didn't get back into the Premier League for 18 years, and we hadn't been in the top league since 68, 69. So, I mean, that's going back so many years. So, the fans, the players know, and they'll see this wall, and it's going to be intimidating, and it's going to add to what should be a, 
an absolutely sensational atmosphere. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gobsmacked. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be, and the weather looks like it's going to be good. So it's going to be a cracking day out for everybody. Absolutely. And, and listen, uh, congratulations, like I said, to Aston Villa for getting to Wembley. And uh, they have a huge following. Like you said, they are a big club. And the way that I look at it for Fulham, it's not the size of the club, Giannis. It's, it's the heart. And uh, Fulham have the heart. It's a family club. And that's what makes this so special. And I'm glad that I'm going to be a part of it. I cannot wait to get there and uh, be at Wembley. It's going to be unbelievable. All right, my friend, uh, as a little lead-up to our preview of this match, I already read a quote from Solis. I've got some more from the presser because I find it interesting. This is just my impression of what I'm about to read to you. He sounds very confident, and that makes me confident going into this match. So I'm going to read some quotes, and then we're going to stop again. Here they are. These are more quotes from the phone presser from Solisa Jokanovic. Quote, everyone is available for the game. Everything is fine. We'll be ready for the challenge. A massive challenge is ahead of us. I believe we've made great steps to give the club the opportunity to fight for promotion. We will be confident and follow our style. We have enough experience to manage the situation. I expect we will perform well, move forward, and do everything to win the game. It's about dominating the situation and putting our opposition under stress. We must take responsibility and be aggressive. We have the opportunity to play in the best football league in the world. That's motivation enough. John Terry has played so many games at Wembley, but we're going to put him under pressure from strong and fast players, and we hope he can make some mistakes. Very interesting from Savisa. One other quote I'm going to give to you. Quote, we are the younger team with more energy. We believe in our style and dominate the situation. We're ready for all the small details. Experience is important, but it's not everything. Okay, Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on these uh, quotes from Saviso. One thing I want to mention, because I've been talking about this on Goddard's Talk and on another podcast, I think this is going to come down to mistakes. And it's funny because Saviso talks about that at his presser. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything he said. I know that the Villa fans have been up in arms claiming it, it smacks of arrogance, but I, I, I this believe is not arrogance. This is confidence. It's confidence, and I believe that uh, this confidence stems from one thing and one thing only, and that is that what you said earlier. He has everybody available. That's right. And he has everybody fit. So he has in the in in the most important game of the season, he finally has every player available at his disposal, which means he can put out the very strongest team that he thinks will have a go at Villa and beat them. So. Uh, by its nature, means he's going to have to make a couple of very difficult decisions. But the fact that it's, he's got the luxury and the embarrassment of riches means that he can get together the coaches. You know, you go on the field. Wembley's a very, very good playing park. Um, obviously, the atmosphere's going to be fantastic. And he's going to put out the team that he thinks is best going to attack and really give them heck. And um, and that's the confidence. I mean, it's and it's great, which means I think that you know players like Matt Target will be 100% fit. I mean, who's who's an absolute key to to what Absolutely. we do. Uh, our central three are, uh, midfielders are going to be fit. Uh, Mitro's in good shape. Um, you know, it's it's um, there were a couple of lulls in, in form, but then Fredericks had a super game in the, the second game against Derby. Uh, Dennis Adoy came up a, a hero for a header. He'll never he'll never do a better header in his life. So it was, 
he's got all these players now, a cockahoop, and they've been waiting, you know, they've been waiting 13 days for this. And um, they'll be very excited. And he'll be excited because he has everybody available at his disposal. So um, he's, he's right to be confident. Um, it's going to be a good game. I, I think there's going to be only one goal in it. But I think we have enough horses. And uh, his tactics are right. We have to go at them with speed. They're not the quickest at the back. Um, and I just, I just get the sense. I mean, you heard Villa fans were got very down on their team when we beat them two nothing at the, the cottage. And um, I fancy um, that if we can get an early lead, they'll, they'll be all over their, 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 uh, their players as well. So um, conditions are right. Field is going to be right. And these comments are, are bang on the money. Okay. And this is just to back up why I believe this is confidence and also respect and not arrogance from Savisa. Here are a couple more quotes, Giannis. Quote, we must respect our opponents, but we're prepared. We know what we'll do with and without the ball. There's no negative pressure, just a great afternoon ahead of us. Aston Villa are an organized good team. They're in the final because they deserve it. Steve Bruce knows how to protect his defensive line, but we know we can put them under pressure and cause damage. Giannis, these quotes to me, come off as a confident manager in his team and his plan, I believe, to know what they need to do to beat Aston Villa. This is not arrogance to me. Yeah, not only that, I think he's, he's probably had a very good week, week and a half of practices as well. He's comfortable with what's happened. He's comfortable, um, you know, he's comfortable with um, the preparation. He's got everybody available. He feels good about what he's seeing. He feels good about... Um, the mental preparation and the support staff and just the, the promotion by the club and the sense of goodwill and feeling. He's probably seeing it on social media. He's probably seeing it on the streets. The players are seeing it on the streets. You know, when we were in the cup final in 75, there was signs, you know, all down Fulham. I had it out. We had them outside our house, even though we didn't live in Fulham. And there was just this general goodwill of, you know, support. Now, in that game in 75, we were a second division team playing against a very, very good West Ham side. And they, they had bags of skill and they had bags of talent. And they had some players who, you know, and I think of Trevor Brooking and, and Frank Lampard and, and Billy Bonds and, um, and the like. Alan Taylor who scored both goals. Um, Pat Holland. They were, they were a very, very, very fine side. And so we went in as underdogs. The difference this time is we're on a fairly even uh, kill. And uh, he's comfortable because the prep has been right. So now it's, he's probably as frothing at the mouth as the players are to get it, get it, get it done with us. But just blow the whistle. Blow the whistle and let's get this done. Absolutely, my friend. All right. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our preview. And I just want to get your opening thoughts on Aston Villa. If you want to share your thoughts about their semifinal against Middlesbrough, feel free to. Thoughts on Villa heading into the uh, match at Wembley? I thought Villa dodged a bullet. I really did. Um, that was a very good result they got up uh, up in the northeast. But Middlesbrough came down to Villa Park, a goal down. You think they're going to? Uh, Tony Phillips would have put together a formation was going to provide some attack with intent, and they didn't have one shot on target in 90 minutes, which is appalling. And they're not exactly the most intimidating back four you'll ever meet. So the difference between I was a little disappointed in Borough, and I said to you I thought that Villa would be the better matchup for us than Borough, but 
the one thing that we will do that Borough just did not do is we will attack. And Borough are a typical Tony Poole side, very, very well organised, don't give a lot away at the back. Conceding one goal in two games to Villa, I think, is a tremendous feat. But if you don't score, you're not doing anything. Um, so that would have been disappointing from a neutral standpoint. But we've got the strikers that can go at them. Um, and I just, I just think, you know, I, I've, I've had the chance to watch them a few times this year, and I just think that they, um, you know, they've got a lot of experience. Um, they're a savvy team, um, but I just, I just, to me, um, they're going to have a problem um, in terms of, um, do, you know, putting up with what we can throw at them, and and we've got a good bench too, which is also going to be helpful. So this is why I'm intrigued to see what the lineup's going to be about. It's going to be exciting. Um, but as I said, they've got experience for us. I mean, they, yep. they really, they really, they do. there are players that, that do worry me, um, but I think we've got the wherewithal to be able to, to put up with anything they throw at us. Okay, excellent, my friend. And uh, we're going to do this a little bit differently. We did this, I believe, the last time we uh, previewed uh, Fulham versus Aston Villa. We're going to do matchups. So we're going to do this different than uh, our normal preview, which is going to be interesting because we're going to be talking about who has the advantage at all these matchups, or is it even? So. Uh, Let's start here. These are the key matchups. Let's start with, again, these players might change mattering on, on uh, what Bruce and Jokanovich decide, but we're just go- I'm just going to base it on the positions and potentially the players that are going to be out there. This is who I think is going to be out there, but we'll, we'll have to see. So let's talk about key matchup of right back Ahmed El Mohamedi and winger Robert Snodgrass versus Matt Target and Ryan Sessegnon. Let me ask you, which team? has the advantage down Fulham's left-hand side, or is it even? I think it's even. I do think it's even. I think. I mean, El Mohamed, he's got a lot of exp- international as well as Premier League experience. Um, I certainly wouldn't um, I, I certainly wouldn't trash on what he's going to do. And, and Robert Snodgrass is a good pass of a, a ball, and he's also um, a savvy um, uh, dead ball, dead ball, uh, ball hitter as well. Um, so they've certainly got the experience. What I think we've got is we've got the youth. Matt Target is, is, is deceptively quick. Um, he's, you know, you can't, you can't mess with in terms of what he's going to do. And if, as you say, I mean, Sessegnon's going to be one of the question marks. Where do you put him? There are a number of options, obviously. Right. But um, Sessegnon is young, and that's the beauty of being young. You really have no filter, no feelings, no nerves, no pressure. He won't feel any. And uh, he's just going to go out and play. And uh, for Snodgrass and uh, Mohamedi, they'll be desperate to get a, a chance to play back in the Premier League. Um, but with Target, Target goes back to, to Southampton at the end of the loan period, uh, regardless of the result. So he shouldn't feel any pressure. And Sassignon's only 18, just turned 18. So, but I, I, I certainly respect the experience, so I'd give that even. Okay, excellent. That's a fair assessment there, my friend. Here's another key matchup. Left back Alan Hutton and winger Albert Adoma versus Ryan Fredericks and our right winger. It could be Abubakar Kamara. It could be Floyd Aite. It could be Lucas Piazon. We don't know. So, but let's just say which team has the advantage down Fulham's right side, or is this even? I think we've got the advantage here, and I think the advantage will come with Bubu. Um, I just think he's going to give Hutton absolute kittens. He, he will. He just—he's not very quick. He's a very good reader of a ball. You know, experienced Scottish international. But to me, Boo Boo just doesn't give a bollocks. He made such a big difference 
at the end of the first leg against Derby and in the second leg, and he's just going to be frothing at the mouth to, to give it everything. The big stage, he's not going to be nervous. We've got a lot of younger players. There won't be any nerves. And um, one of the key matchups for me will be Boo Boo against uh, Hutton, and I fear for Hutton. I fear for Hutton. I think he's going to be in for a right roasting. Um, okay. It's not going to be pretty. And um, I think we have the edge there. Okay, excellent, Giannis. All right, let's move up to this matchup. Now, the striker position has been Lewis Graben for Aston Villa. It could be Scott Hogan. It could be Kaja. So just throwing it out there, so I'm going to call it the striker position versus Dennis Adoy and Tim Ream. So which team has the advantage with the Aston Villa striker versus Fulham center backs pairing? I think it's fairly even. I actually think Kodja will start tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I've, 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 molded, I've molded on this one, and I do like Kodja as a player. I think he's a, he's a clever player. So do I. Uh, and Adoy, this is going to be interesting in terms of Adoy. I mean, how does he – because we've not talked about the possibility of Kala starting. starting I, I think it would be pretty punitive if that did happen. Right. Because um, you've also got to allow for potential injuries and stuff like that. But Adoy got us the winner, so I, I don't see any reason why he doesn't start. Um, but I think it's fairly even. Tim Ream has played internationals at the highest level, and he's played for his country as well. And he's and one of the things, of course, is he's had several trips to to you know the uh, um, the Olymp- Olympic Stadium in Mexico City. And if you can put up with pressure there, you can put up with pressure anywhere, especially at altitude. So um, Tim Ream will will will, will absolutely lap this up. Um, but I think it's a, it would look it's going to look like an even contest, even though I believe Codge um, is going to start tomorrow. Okay, excellent, yeah, that's all right. Let's now flip it over. Let's look at Alexander Mitrovic versus Aston Villa's center backs, John Terry and James Chester. Now James Chester has had an excellent year. I want to mention that, of course, John Terry has all the experience. Which team has the advantage with a Fulham striker versus Villa's center backs pairing? Uh, we do. I think I think Mitro's going to have a field day. Um, He's uh, a guy who plays on the edge and is about the big occasion. You know, it's not just in terms of, let's not forget his first club was Partizan Belgrade and uh, Serbian domestic uh, soccer's um, volatile, very, very passionate crowds. Then, of course, he went to Newcastle, you know, know, 50,000 plus a game up at St. James's Park. He's played for the Serbian national team. He's going to be playing in the World Cup this year. And... um, John Terry has bags and bags of experience, but he's old. Um, he's, his legs are not quite as quick as they were. And he was never the quickest player anyway. He was a very, very good reader of a game. And, and to some extent, he is. Chester's a good centre-back. But the key will be to get the midfielders close to Mitro to be able to hold the ball and lay it off a turn and shoot. And I just think he's going to have too much savvy in terms of his footwork for both Chester and Terry. So I, I give up the edge there. Okay. Very good there, my friend. I've already said this on another podcast that I think this is the key to the match, this matchup. So I want to get your thoughts on this. It's Fulham's midfield three versus the midfield three of Villa, which could be Yednak, Grelish, and Horahan, or it might be Wayland instead of Yednak. That's to be determined. I think Grelish and Horahan are definite starts, but I think that third one is, is up for debate right now, and I've seen people go back and forth for Aston Villa on that. So that's going to be an interesting decision. Will it be Yednak? Which team has the advantage, or is this even? I think it's fairly even. I, I, I think um, my, my sense would be it would be Yednak, Hurahan, and Grealish. And Yednak is a, is a pretty experienced player um, and uh, has had a pretty good season. Grealish is the one that they're always talking about. But I, I think, that I, I mean, if I was Slava, I'd, um, I'd put 
I'd definitely put Steph Joe on him no more. Um, because Steph Joe can get on the player skins. And um, I think that's gonna, but that could be a key matchup. The Hurahan one is an interesting one um, because um, Steve Bruce could could plump for Whelan. Um, it'd be a bit harsh on Hurahan, who's had a good season too, but it depends on how he looks at the matchup because he's got to look at our three and go, oh, can he? Well, K-Mac is as solid as he comes. He's really the, right. the umbrella in front of that back four. And you know that with um, Steph Joe, he's pretty disciplined. And Kearney, I think, is going to absolutely love the occasion. Um, the field is going to be absolutely perfect. He's going to see the ball an awful lot. And providing we, you know, we, he's given license to push up and connect closer with the front three, he could have an absolute field deal. Grealish, to me, is a very skillful player, but doesn't uh, sometimes lack the discipline. Um, but then he is dangerous. He can be dangerous as set pieces. So we've got to keep yes. an eye on that. But I think overall, I think in terms of you had everything. I think it's fairly. I think it's fairly even. I, I, I do. I think um, you know. I do like Villa three. But that's a very very good pitch, and we play very well on very very good pitches. And Wembley's going to be in perfect nick tomorrow. And um, and and hey, we cannot discount the adrenaline, adrenaline that will be pumping from the wall of white. Um, That's right. Which is going to be absolutely fantastic. So, um, but on this matchup, I think it's going to be fairly even. Okay, I have a couple of bonus matchups for you. We're going to talk about the goalkeepers. Who do you give the advantage to here? These are two very good goalkeepers. Again, I think it's even. Uh, Johnston's had a good season. I don't think there's anyone can 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 argue about that. And 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 Betts, you could very strongly argue has been um, uh, the, the difference maker in terms of. Um, in terms of what you know, in terms of our season, it it does of course beg the question: what would have happened if um, you know Button had been um, you know been benched a little bit earlier? But Bet Bets will be up for this, and um, it, I think for the players, I get the sense for their player players that this is going to be. We know how big the game is, but the occasion is going to be. And you talked about it earlier about what it means to Fulham to go back to Wembley. It's the occasion that's going to be so so special. And, right. Um, you know, all the people wearing white jerseys is, 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 is going to be magnificent. And you're going to have jerseys ranging back from the, you know, the mid to late 1960s to <laughs> all the way through. I mean, we've yeah. always been white at home. And it's going, to be, it's going to be, I mean, I know it's going to be claret and blue at the other end, but it's not white. White stands out. And um, I think Bet is going to be as excited as anybody. He won't let anybody down. Um, he's been a huge piece to that back four because of his communication. He saves us in quite a few games. He's greatly respected by his teammates and his manager and the fans. The fans love him too. Yep. And um, it would be, I'd be probably as happy for bets that we win tomorrow than any other player because he's had some, some difficult times. Um, and, you know, having a two goalkeeper system, and I thought he was a little hard done by. Um, not starting the season, and he, he, you know the cream's risen to the top. So, I think he's going to be he's going to be more than ready for tomorrow. Okay, excellent, Giannis. One final matchup: who gets the coaching advantage, or is that even? Um, I'm going to say even again, I, 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 not because I think that they're any they're even uh, necessarily. I think I think Slav is a better manager, right? But Steve Bruce has the massive experience. Experience, yeah. You know, I've been at Villa, um, been at um, Birmingham, Birmingham City, 
uh, amongst other Sunderland. Uh, you know, he's you know he's a tremendous experience, and let's not forget the incredible experience he had. And I would never discount this. He had as a player at Man United, and people do right. sometimes forget that he was, you know, he was a superb centre back. Um, he and Gary Palliser played together for United. They were just impregnable back too. Um, and the bit, one of the best things about Steve Bruce is he wasn't the quickest centre back, but he could read the game. And he's he's and he's one of these honest people that you actually sort of got to like. And he's had a difficult year. He lost both his parents. And I happen to have an affinity for people from the northeast. They tend to be, they do love their football. They traditionally have the best supporters in the country. I don't care what anyone says. They do. They do. Some of the Newcastle, Middlesbrough, you know, their travelling supporters are just incredible. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to root against Steve Bruce. I don't dislike him at all. I have to dislike him for tomorrow, obviously. Um, I don't like Villa as a club, personally. But right. I do like Steve Bruce. And I do like some of the players on that, on that team. But um, okay. I think that uh, he's got that experience with him. But Slava's got the, the roller coaster ride of, uh, ride of having the fans that generally love him, and the players that love him, and the club that club that loves him. And um, I can only think of a few managers in my lifetime. He obviously Jean Tigana, um, Chris Coleman for a little bit. Uh, of course, our friend Roy Hodgson, and um, and Malcolm McDonald, who've been absolutely revered by fans. Slav is revered by the fans, and um, he'll want to win for them, but, it, but I'm sure the, the, the fans will want uh, the players to win it for him as well. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, it's funny because all, many of these matchups you just have down as even. I understand that. I think these teams are evenly matched. It's going to come down, in my opinion, to which team makes the least mistakes and which team takes advantage of mistakes. So I understand why. When we're going through it, you're seeing it as pretty much even because that's the way I'm looking at it. I do yeah. like the matchup, though. I, I think that these matchups and the way that the teams play, I think if both teams, Giannis, before we, I get your three keys to victory, I've said this already. If both teams play to their maximum level, Fulham are the better team and I think will win. Would you agree with that? Yes. Oh, without a doubt. I think we've got the pace. I think we've got the guile. I think we've got the, um, we've got the, the beauty of youth. Um, but this is a one-off. Right. I mean, many fans have come on and said, and it's easy to say this, that really in the old days we have the top three go up, and I and I get that. It's really tough on a team that finishes third like us not if we don't win tomorrow. Sure. Um, but the reason they bought the third to sixth in was to, to to give teams a chance and create a very very big occasion. And for that, I really can't I can't argue, regardless of the result tomorrow, because you know we've not we've not been to. to back to Wembley nearly four and a half decades so um, but um, you know that's why we are we're in the position we are and uh, and all the more excited for it absolutely and and I'll say this one more time in case Aston Villa supporters are listening best of luck I'll say best of luck to them obviously best of luck to Fulham supporters but sorry this is my opinion I think if both teams play at their best i think Fulham are just a little bit better i think the teams are very even that's just the way i see it you probably say the same thing about your team that's just my view on it all right my friend let's get your three keys to victory we're going to do this like i said a little bit different what are the three things Fulham need to do to beat aston villa and gain promotion back to the premier league uh number one uh patient first 15 20 minutes i think that's going to be i think we've got to keep it tight um question uh number two um, more variation in set pieces. I think that's going to be important in terms of free kicks and corners. And number three, Alexander Mitrovic. 
I mean, I think if he has a game, if he has that kind of game, then I think we win. But then uh, these big games throw, uh, you know, everything is out of the hat. I mean, um, uh, Sessegnon had a very quiet five, six games before the second leg against Derby, and then he scores a peach. Mind you, and look at the link-up play, target to Steph Joe to Sess. Brilliant goal. Um, and then there's Adoy. I mean, I mean, of all the people you expect, Dennis Adoy to score a header like that, and there's no goal in the world that would stop that. So um, every big game throws out sometimes the, the most unlikely of um, uh, unlikeliest of, of, of heroes, and um, that's what makes that's what makes it uh, that's what makes it so, so great. So, um, but those are my three: patient, fifteen, twenty minutes, uh, variation on set pieces to give them look, different looks, ask different questions. And Mitra. Okay, well, if we're looking for something unusual, I'll just throw this out there. Let's not say this couldn't happen because you, you said things happen and the unusual situation can happen. Maybe Ryan Frederick scores, Giannis. Um, I'd be ecstatic uh, if he did because uh, I'm not a huge uh, huge fan and I, am, I happen to think that this will be his last game for Fulham. Um, I tend to I agree with I, you. I tend to agree with that, yeah. yeah. He's going to be gone, but he's going to want to go on an absolute high, because we, I mean, we have Cyrus Christie there, so it's not like um, we're going to do that. And Christie looks looks a very, very good player. Um, but um, I mean, hey, we look, could this be the day when um, Tim Ream pops up and gets one? Uh, does Matt, Matt Target <laughs> right, exactly? I mean, it's, yeah, um, K Mac has, has has knocked a couple of crucial ones in. Um, is it somebody from the bench? Is it? I mean, here, here's something. Bond oh, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Bond scores a winner. I, I mean, knew you were going to say that. How did I know you, know, you were going to say hey, that? Hey, you remember? I, I go back to the Brian Ruiz days. <laughs> Brian Ruiz, Brian Ruiz, Ruiz has done brilliantly wherever he's played, and now and he's you know and he's going to the World Cup and he's playing well. And you know, Mitroglou was a different sort of story, but Mitroglou hasn't stopped scoring goals since he left us. He came injured. You don't. You don't. Quality doesn't become shitty overnight. Ruiz, Ruiz was. I'll go until the cows come home. Ruiz was absolute yeah. quality, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't the right fit for our. You know, necessarily in terms of where we were trying to go. But but I recognise quality when I see it. Um, same way as people crapped on Berbatov. Yeah. You know, they uh, Berber this Berber lady. Berber, my God, one of the most skillful players I have ever seen, and certainly one of the most skillful I've ever seen in a Fulham jersey. But people didn't quite appreciate him. And the guy was a genius. So, uh, yeah, it's going to bring heroes. Let's hope it's, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Billy the Badger running on the field scoring a goal as long as somebody does it. I hear you there, my friend. All right. It's time for your starting 11. Curious your thoughts. Will you go with Abubakar? Yes. I go with the same 11 that started in the second leg. I don't see any reason to change it now. Um, so you've got okay. Frederick's target, um, Reem and Adoy, Steph Joe, K Mac, Kearney, Boo Boo. Um, um, Mitro uh, and Sess. I, I think that's. I think he goes to the well. I think he. I think it makes sense if he does that. I think um, if there is any possible, and I hate to actually say this, and I'd be a little ticked if he did this, but he's the gaffer. He decides what he wants. The only thing where there could be a question mark could be with Boo Boo. And okay. I, I, I said to you before the Derby game that I felt that the inclusion of Boo Boo was crucial because it would give a massive lift, lift to the fans, not just the players, but the fans, because the fans love Boo Boo. And it's that extra piece, that 12th man, that little bit of energy that you want. 
and that is what he will bring to Mar if he starts versus the player he could go for, and, and that would of course be Floyd Aite. Um, but I'd be, but that would not go down well with the fans. Uh, I, I, th- I think this is this is a game of energy. This is where you manage the energies, and I think that, that Slava will want to get it right. I think fans will be cock a hoop if, if if Bubu starts, and I expect him to start. Um, I expect him okay. to play a very big part in the, in the game because he's so direct. He's a very old-fashioned kind of player. He's, um, you know, right at your... Um, he reminds me a little bit, without the skill, of a Cyril Regis. Um, and, re- and may he rest in peace. When, you know, when he played for West Brom, he was, you know, very a, a good first touch, very strong player, very strong going at the man. Good, good feet. You know, and um, you know, aggressive and no fear. And uh, Bubu's going to be a very good player. So, but we have variations on the bench that can ask different questions if he calls them all. But I would honestly, you you've got to go. You've got to go back to the well. To me, Bubu starts. So that would be my eleven. Okay. And what's interesting, Giannis, because I've been going back and forth on this. I I've said I want Kamara to start, but I can also see what you could do with him for the final 30 minutes coming off the bench. So that's the only reason why I'm thinking about potentially not starting him is what he could offer in the second half, especially also if we went to extra time. I, I don't know if my stomach can handle that, but I'm just saying he could be very dangerous at the end of a match, but you bring out a very good argument why he should start. The only other thing that I, I want to mention, and Mike Gregg has said this, we believe it's going to be Dennis Adoy. How could you drop Dennis Adoy? But he he was also saying that he prefers Collis because Collis is a true center back. What what are your thoughts about that? I think um, I agree, um, but I I believe that um, dropping Adoy for this game would be a terrible idea. Terrible idea. The optics would be appalling, simply because Adoy has played for so much of the season and he wasn't playing well. Let's be honest, he wasn't playing well. But how do you drop a player after what he did in the second leg? How could it? What would be the what would be the conversation that Slava would have with Dennis Adoy? You were fantastic in the second leg. We love you to death, but we've decided to bring Thomas in. Talk about yeah. that devastate. It would devastate the kid. And, I know, and to be yeah. honest, Kalas wants to play in the final, but would he would he be unsurprised if he sat on the bench? No, of course not. No, no, no. It would be, it would be to me, it would be a bigger disaster than actually uh, Bubu starting over or Aite starting over Bubu. And I'm not a Aite fan, as you know, but it just sure, right. would look wrong. It would look really wrong. It just, yeah. I and understand the fans, that. I think, would be upset about it. And I think sometimes, whether people like it or not, you still have to look at the, you, you know, the, the fans do mean something. They're paying a lot of money to be there, and they're, they're very excited about it. And so, um, why would you, why would you not just you know, just just go back to the well and, and, and see what happens. Right. And let me just stress that I don't believe Mike was talking about dropping Adoy. He just prefers Kallis. That's just his preference. But obviously, under the uh, situation, Giannis, he's earned his right. And I would be shocked if you don't see him in there. It, like you said, the optics would be horrendous. So I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, he deserves to be there. But it's just a question because we're talking about different players, different options he has. And he has right. a strong bench. So that's what's great about this. He has options. But I agree yeah. with you. I think it's going to be the starting 11 against uh, Derby County in the second leg. Yeah. All right. Giannis, we have to end with your prediction. Give me your prediction for this match, my friend. 
Um, we're going to win one nothing. Um, I, I, I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think it's going to be a cracking game. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I really, I really do believe there's only going to be one goal in it. But to me, um, we're going to nick it, um, and uh, it'll be a memorable day. It'll be a memorable day out anyway. But I, I just feel that um, um, we're going to nick this one. I think. Okay, excellent. My prediction, and I actually made this on the championship roundtable, I'll be consistent with my prediction. It's going to be two to one. I think Fulham will score first. You're going to have an equalizer from Aston Villa, and Fulham will score a late goal, say the 60th to 70th minute, and win the match and see it out. That's going to be my prediction, my friend. That's what I see happening. And we'll have to see how it all plays out. Before we go, I just want to mention this because obviously um, I'm making the trip, and uh, right after we finish this, I'll, I'll get this episode up we are recording this on friday i'm going to be at wembley stadium with uh emilio Danello and uh some other people as well i look forward to that steve lidyard reese curtis will be with me and uh, i look forward to meeting them and whoever i meet but i'm going to tell you this right now this is going to be my final thought my friend i've said this to you before and i just want to make this clear on goddess talk i've been doing this show now for seven years it's been joy and you've been a big part of that my friend and uh, being there without you is difficult because it just doesn't feel right being at Wembley Stadium without you. So I'll be thinking about you during the match and, and other people as well. But I want to single you out because uh, you've made Cottage Talk very enjoyable. You are a dear friend. And uh, I'll miss you on Saturday. Thank you, matey. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, pretty choked up from here. Um, but, but, you know, I'm very, very proud of, you know, what you've been able to do with the show for all these years um you've made um you've made it something so great to look forward to uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic you're going over i think it's going to be absolutely wonderful for you and i know that the fans are going to look after you and say hi to as many fans as you can from me that um I, i'll be I thinking sure of them and you know it, it's um you know it's it, it's uh it's going to be a wonderful day out and you're going to have a, the absolute time of your life and i think if there's any justice um, with everything that we've gone through for so many years, that uh, we get back to the Premier League, it's a little bit different. It's, in fact, it's pretty different from when we left it four odd years ago. It is, um, and maybe not for the better. Um, but yeah. it is still great to, to be able to have you know ten London derbies in a season and play that dreaded Chelsea team, or sorry, the other <laughs> team in Fulham. And, That's right. Um, it's going to, but the, the occasion tomorrow is going to be something to behold. And uh, and I thank you for that. And it's, um, I'm sure I'm going to be reading out the, all the adventures, and you'll see me on Facebook um, having some fun with Villa fans, as I'm already doing now. Um, <laughs> sure already doing with pictures of John Terry and one comment that if we win the Marvel, John Terry change kits and go out with the trophy. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have John Terry near my cat. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't trust him. He's a, a, a horrible individual. Um, and uh, I just want to see another picture of him crying. We've seen that before. Um, and us uh, just just laughing all the way to the bank. So have a have a safe trip, safe flight, and what thing? Don't drink too much, don't eat too much. Have yep. a great time at Wembley, and then I think we'll do we'll do a post game whenever you get back. Suppose. Absolutely, my friend. Right. I will be doing it with you. I'll be happy to do that with you. And thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for everyone that has listened to Cottage Talk. Like I said, over the course of the seven seasons, I've done this with so many different people. It's, it's been a joy. And I look forward to seeing hopefully many of you at Wembley.
But it is time to wrap up this episode of Cottage Talk. For Yanis Yanis, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.